Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Wine and Spirit. Do they know that they are the theme song of the greatest Pirates podcast in the land? <laughs> are they aware uh, my, of it? My buddy Paul, who's the uh, lead singer, he is he is well aware of it. He appreciates it. And I've actually had some uh, listeners reach out to me and say, like, who is this band? It's like, it's a pretty catchy tune. I'm like, yeah, it's a local band from Elwood City, Pennsylvania. Go see them. They play uh, – at some of the breweries and festivals around here, they're, they're a pretty good band. I know. I, I You know, here's the thing. I kind of feel like at some point, maybe the kickoff next season, a Bucks in the Basement event, and they, they play at it. I, I'm just saying. Just something to think about. Just throwing it oh, out there right now. It'd be a good I'm idea, not gonna, man. I'm not going to organize it. Craig's going to have to do it. But I, I mean, I just throw out the ideas, and then I get out of the way. It's like throwing a grenade in, and then just kind of ducking. That's kind of what I'm doing right there. This is Bucks in the Basement, uh, the podcast for fans, by fans, and uh, we've got all kinds of pirates talk to do today. My name's Chris. He's Craig. Uh, and, and you know, there's a lot of consternation over the idea that the Pirates non-tendered a bad pitcher, and that bad pitcher got a contract with the A's, who are a bad team leaving Oakland and don't care if they win or lose and can make signings like that. I'll be honest with you, if the Pirates would have made a signing like that this early on in the process, I would have been angry about it right that's exactly what would have happened chris and and we've seen that in previous years where the pirates will make like kind of like a quick signing to a guy who was actually a minor league free agent after being non-tendered uh so yeah i mean and of course pirates twitter and x or social media just kind of blows up because the pirates do make a minor league signing but yeah if we would have signed a guy whose era was like 5.53, 5.53, a whip of 1.5 last year. I mean, he did eat some innings for us, like around 50 innings. But guy, 27 years old, I would lose my mind if that was a pirate signing yeah, at this I... point in the rebuild. But the the A's, they picked up Miguel Anjuar. They got Osvaldo Beto now. They're like taking on players from the Pirates that – you know, it, it's cutting the fat from the Pirates, and the A's are just like, well, we're not trying to win, so there's right. a starter. All that should show you is that the Pirates had garbage. They threw the garbage away, and a team that's garbage-picking went and got some of their garbage. It's like when you have something that's, like, really crappy in your house, like an old couch or 
Like I have a basketball hoop that's sitting out in front of the house right now that I'm waiting for somebody to take away because it's kind of broken, but I'm pretty sure that somebody's going to be like, Ooh, I could turn that into something at my house. And it's going to, somebody's going to pull up with a truck and they're going to put it in the back of it. And they're going to drive off with it. I would imagine in the next day or so, but you throw it out the curb and somebody goes and picks at it. The pirates used to do that during the early parts of this rebuild. Ben Charrington was like garbage. I'll take some garbage. Maybe I'll find something good in there. Right. He was picking. He was an American picker, and that's what he was doing. The, the A's are still that. The Pirates are not that. If the Pirates were doing that in the offseason, I would have been so disappointed in them. It would have told me this team is not serious and that a team that should have every opportunity to be in the postseason in 2024 and start their window that hopefully will be open for a long time, that, that team was unserious. That's how I would feel if they were making those kinds of moves. On the other hand, I look at what the Pirates are not doing, and I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not surprised that they have to sit back a little bit and wait for the pitching market to set itself. Like the Aaron Nola dream is dead. All right, fine. He was going to go to Philadelphia no matter what. They've got something going on there for some reason, the Phillies, where players take less money to play for them. And that, it's a destination place for some reason, and at some point the city of Philadelphia is going to get a championship because you have high-end players that take a little bit less just to be part of what's going on in Philly. They're living the dream right there. But I'm looking at the Lance Lynn contract with the Cardinals, $10 million to be their projected four-starter, a guy who gave up so many home runs last year. I don't, I don't understand why he signed so early, except they're familiar with him, and he's going home at the end of his career, and he's going to be in our division. And then you see what the Braves have done so far, they're, they've been acquiring pitchers, and they signed Reynaldo Lopez. What an early signing. And to give him $30 million plus an option year for more for a relief pitcher that's not a closer, and for three years you're going to pay him $30 million, and you're going to try to stretch him out to make him a swingman. The, the price right now of starting pitchers early on is stupid. I mean, it's a stupid price. Those two names, Lynn and Lopez, there's nothing special enough about those guys to be making double-digit millions of dollars. And so Ben Charrington might have to sit back and wait and see what's left after teams that can overspend go and do their overspending unless he has somebody he really, really wants. The Lance Lynn one did surprise me, Chris. And, and, and it's surprising to a degree because, like you said, he's going back to St. Louis, the place where it all started. But you get that one-year deal for $10 million. Then you have the option year. You have the buyout. So he's guaranteed $11 million. I mean, I kind of just took a, a quick peek at, at Spot Track just to see what his market value was. And his market value was around like $7 million. But even then, like I know that he improved slightly after he left Chicago, but it's not like he had a, a stellar year to the point where it's like, okay, that guy's a $10 million pitcher. Maybe the market value went up for him because, you know, well, St. Louis, I don't know if they really have too many starters at this point in time because they traded most of them off or some of them retired. But there, and then you said the Reynaldo Lopez one, like, yeah, I mean, great if you can try to stretch him out to a starter, but. If it doesn't work, then it's not going to work. It's not going to work. When that guy was a starter earlier in his career, he had his, his whip, his last two years, his whip, his walks and hits per innings pitched as a starter the last two years before he went into the bullpen, 1.457 and 1.663. 
He's an ineffective starting pitcher. That's why he ended up in the bullpen. It goes back to the thing that I always say about pitchers that are in the bullpen. They're guys that aren't good enough to be starters. That's why you don't overpay on bullpens. That's why you don't worry about your bullpen until the end. That's why you collect as much starting pitching as possible. I find it weird that the Braves are doing what they're doing. They must see something that they believe they can turn this guy into. But I, I think that in short in short spurts as a relief pitcher, good relief pitcher, can't be a closer. He was terrible as a closer when he tried to, uh, to jump into that role when Liam Hendricks was down with cancer. But... He was a, he, he's a good relief pitcher if used in the right positions. It's so weird, though, to see that much money given to a guy, though, who's already shown that he can't be a starter consistently and is just a relief pitcher. And so I'm worried that the, the market price for starting pitching is going to be stupid. And it's weird, too, because it's so deep right now out there in free agency. So a guy like Charrington, who's got to deal with Bob Nutting's wallet, could very easily be sitting there saying, OK, I've got these 10, 15 guys that I've got on my board that I think are going to be in my price range. But I'm going to have to wait and see if four or five of them are picked by somebody else who can overpay. And then I'm going to have to go out and make my signings once I can go to those guys and say, yeah, sure, this guy made a bunch of money, but there's space running out. There's not as many chairs left in the game of musical chairs and teams you could end up on. What I'm offering you now is a good deal because you got passed over by these other teams. He may have to go that route because he has to deal with penny-pinching Bob Nutting. If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at www.shopyins, the emphasis on the two Zs, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. Do you think, Chris, maybe that like some of the teams are, I mean, overreacting the, the opposite direction, like they're panicking that there's not going to be a whole lot out there? And so these first two that we're kind of seeing as an overpay, the, the market may correct itself with the next, like, few signings. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it is weird, the guys that are going off the board early. You know? I mean, you're the, you're the Cardinals. I know you like Lance Lynn, but do you really think he's worth $10 million to be on your – you're signing him for the one-year deal? I think, you know, it, 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 it was – it's weird to me. It, it, it's strange because it's so deep, the amount of pitching that's out there. And maybe the Cardinals – maybe the Cardinals – choice because it was a one-year deal was we want to have payroll flexibility in 2025 here's a guy willing to sign a one-year prove-it deal you know he's willing to sign it not a lot of people would take that so that's why we're giving him that deal the Lopez thing was the weirdest thing to me the Braves yeah, it's have seen a pet- the Braves have seen something you know if they would have been like well we want him in the bullpen I've been like all right 
I think it's an overpay. I thought it was an overpay that they gave five players of the White Sox for Aaron Bummer. Guy had a <laughs> 1.6 whip. I mean, if you watch Aaron Bummer, I know we're talking about other teams here, but we're, we're talking about the market. So this is something that the Pirates have got to look at. You watch Aaron Bummer. He's the kind of guy that the scouting report is stand at home plate and don't swing. And nine times out of 10, he's going to throw four balls before he throws three strikes because he's just effectively wild. That, that's, that's what he is. Now, I know he's a lefty. I understand that. But he's also the kind of guy that was far more effective when, that, when the rule wasn't that you had to face three guys in an inning. When that rule wasn't there, he was better. And he's one of those guys that hasn't recovered since that rule was put into place. So, I mean, the, so- the Sox didn't get, like, anything that was, like, world-beating. But, I mean, if you look at that deal, man, they got Soroka, who was a runner-up in the Cy Young, and then hurt his Achilles who was out for two years. He didn't forget how to pitch. Like, that guy could end up at the top of their rotation. That guy, just for bummer, would have been enough in that deal. So the Braves overpaid to get a relief pitcher, and then they paid a lot of money for another relief pitcher that they're going to try to stretch out. So I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. They have some kind of plan. Somebody has hatched a secret evil plan that will either (laughs) fail miserably or they're going to write a book about it like they wrote Moneyball, right? Where it doesn't make any sense right now to us, but they figured something out. And and they're going to go do something that nobody else in baseball is doing. And it'll either work or it won't work. So they're a fascinating story. But I do think that with this weird stuff that's happening early on, if Charrington signs somebody now, it's because he really wanted him. Because if with the budget that he probably has presented to him, he's going to have to sit back and see where the market sets itself. The Braves thing, like, yeah, I... For me, it's like we're going to overpay for Ronaldo Lopez, but we're not going to let like Mike Soroka. I, I realized he was injured. I realized that, you know, that different type of stuff happened, but they wouldn't like let see what he can do for a year if he ends up, you know, falling into the bullpen or something. It's just a very I don't I don't really get the whole thing. It was a weird thing. He he costs less than Lopez and then what they're going to end up paying. Lopez. I think they're paying Lopez only like four million in the first year and then he gets all of his money backloaded. So maybe, but it, it is a strange thing to do. And they also gave up Schuster. Like Jared Schuster, his last couple of years in the minor leagues, just gangbusters. Single A to double A two years ago. Incredible. Kept guys off base in an amazing clip. Double A to triple A the year after that. Incredible. Kept guys off base in an amazing clip. Moved up so quickly over two years in their system. Got a limited number of starts. Had a couple of really good ones. As I know I had them on my fantasy baseball team. And in a couple of bad ones, they had a really deep set of starters and there wasn't any room for them because they're trying to win a World Series. But there's a guy who has has a lot of potential. He got included in that deal. I mean, Nicky Lopez isn't a world beater, but he's a guy who hit 300 just a couple years ago and plays incredible defense. He got included in the deal. They're, they're top, one of their top 15 prospects got included in the deal. They gave away five players that all have potential. And there, it isn't a world-beating trade, but five guys for a left-handed reliever with a 1.6-something whip? They're, they're seeing something that the rest of us are not seeing in Atlanta. I mean, definitely, Chris. Or maybe I'm just mad that the Pirates couldn't swing a deal like that to, to be able to get a potential, like actually two potential starters out of that deal that would impact the team, you know, within this year and the next year. So maybe that's where my frustration is. But well, yeah, it shows the Braves... creativity. That's the thing. The Atlanta thing shows creativity. I don't know if it's good idea or bad idea, right? I mean, even Chicago. Chicago's got a new GM. That GM made a trade that I don't think you would have ever seen 
the last regime that was there for almost 20 years do, where they didn't go for like the high-end prospect on a list. They went for guys they scouted and they thought they could tweak or fix or whatever they're going to do. They brought in Brian Bannister from, from San Francisco, who's a renowned pitcher fixer. And he's in charge of their entire pitching development. And they got the guy from player development with the Diamondbacks. And we saw how well they did this year. The guy that built that team got moved over and became front of, part of that front office in Chicago. So it's a completely different philosophy. So you saw two teams get very creative in a trade. And I think as fans in the offseason, that's what you really want to see, right? Like you want your GM to say, I went and got this guy, not because he's on a list. Like, that's what makes me nervous. What makes me nervous is if a general manager says, we traded so-and-so, and and we got so-and-so here, and you're able to immediately say, oh, that's a great trade. Look at this. MLB Pipeline says it's a great trade. Fangraph says it's a great trade. If your GM is doing something based off of the same knowledge that you and I have, sometimes that's a bad thing. Because not every guy on that list pans out, and not everybody works. You You want a guy who sits there and says, I've done something very creative because I have a staff that has identified something within that player that most people don't see, and we're confident in getting that guy. That gives me more confidence. That's what the Rays do, right? So I think this offseason, I'm waiting to see the creativity. Because I think if you're a fan, that's the thing that makes the offseason fun, and that's also the thing that makes you think to yourself, okay, at least I have a general manager who's not paint-by-numbers. And I don't think Charrington can be paint-by-numbers with the budget that Bob Nutting is going to give him year to year. Well, the one thing he has done differently, Chris, is that usually in past years, he keeps the 40 man like right at 40 and he doesn't take somebody off of the 40 man until he has the exact person who's going to replace him. Like, like I said before, we signed a minor league deal. Nobody even really needs to learn this guy's name. I can't really pronounce it. I'm going to try. And Chris loves when I try to pronounce these terrible names. The, it's Gilberto Celestino. We signed him enough. to. I, I mean, we that. signed him to a to minor league deal. Celestino. That sounds. That sounds good to me. Just say it with more confidence, and people will be convinced you said it right. Yeah, and, and it could be Gilberto. I, I don't really know. But here's the thing: is in previous years, that's a guy that we probably would have picked up and had on our forty man, like we've done. I think it was like two years ago. Was like Greg Allen or somebody like that. I don't know why that name's sticking out in my head, but you picked him up. You kept him on the 40 man until you had somebody else to replace him. Well, now at this point in time, we were at 37. He still signs this guy to a minor league deal because you do need depth at AAA and you need a guy who, you know, has at least shown the ability to make it onto a major league team at some point in time. But I feel like it, he didn't do it the way he normally would have done it. Right now, we're at 37 players. I got you, you at 38. Be- Fangraphs has you at 38 right now. It might be because of the Barucki deal. Somewhere along the line, it ended up with the 38 officially. I don't know why. Fangraphs okay. has you at 38. Ha- I mean, I could, I could, Fangraphs could be wrong, but he's normally pretty good. Jason Martinez is pretty he's good. Usually, oh, we've, we've had, had Jason on before. And I, yeah, we've had him on. He's yeah, normally so, really so good. Have, His breakdown I, has it at 38 right now. I might have to change the uh, might have to change the title of of the thing because I'm pretty sure the title of our thing is Pirates Roster Remains at 37. <laughs> That's right. I'm looking right now on your screen and you named the title of the show Pirates Roster Remains at 37. And I'm looking at fangrams and it says there's 38 of them. Well, you better Dude, you, you better after we're done recording, you better figure it out. Okay. This, yeah, this, I'm gonna this have to a, figure it out. I'm gonna, show, I'm gonna contact. This is a high end show with a high end band playing a high end song at the beginning of it that's catchy. I expect you to know how many people are on the forty man roster at this point. 
Yeah, I, I, and I'm just gonna I tell you the truth. I'll probably just I'll probably just message Jason after this and go, dude, what did I miss? <laughs> like, what what move did we make? There was uh, we better start checking Twitter at this point in time, Chris. Yeah, I know you you messed up somewhere, but that's okay. It's okay. The, yeah. the point is that he's got a little bit of flexibility, and it'll be interesting to see if he makes a selection in the Rule Five draft, because you know in previous years that made sense. In previous years, the Pirates could put a guy on their team that another team was like, yeah, we don't even think he's good enough to be on our 40-man roster, and the Pirates could be like, we're not only going to take him, but we're going to play him. I don't think that you do that in a year where you're trying to contend now. Like, you really got to believe in somebody. And most likely, I think the only type of player you take in a Rule 5 pick would be a relief pitcher, because those are the kind of guys that can make quick jumps. Guy starts out in your bullpen as a Rule 5, and if he does well enough, he sticks, and he's part of your roster, and if he doesn't, you return him because he's just a relief pitcher. So that would be probably the only thing I think that they would go do. But he's got a little bit of flexibility right now. And, you know, you want to have that flexibility as well for if you make a trade. You know, you got to be able to make, you want to be able to make moves, even though I don't think that even matters either. I'm sure he's got four or five guys right now that are on his 40-man that he's like, if, oh, if I got to drop somebody, this is the first guy off my 40-man. That's what I would have as a GM. I would have that. I'd have a big giant list, like on my wall. You know, well, some we've, guy all, comes, we've always talked about the sticky notes. He just right. removes them. He goes, some, okay, guys aren't on our team anymore. It would be, I would have a list on the wall and I would have a curtain. And then that way, if a player or anybody showed up, I would just draw the curtain across so that they couldn't see it. Or one of those like folding, like, you know, blackboards or something like that. So nobody could see my list except for me, but I'd have my big giant list up on the board and I would know exactly who I was dropping the moment that like something happened where I had to drop somebody. Like I would always have that. I mean, I do it with my fantasy baseball team for crying out loud. So I would imagine a good general manager. Does it. <laughs> well, you wouldn't ask me what I'm doing with my fantasy team, Chris, because my team is yeah, always terrible. terrible. You're terrible. Every year, you're the worst team in the league. You've had the number one overall draft pick now for four years, it feels like. It's brutal. It's, How it's are you so bad at lot. this? I don't know. So so that's probably why I wouldn't know if you're at 37 or 38. And I was trying to double check it real quick, and I it, my, can't wrap my brain around it. You know what you are? But, you're the perfect scout. You, you The Pirates would do well with you because you love prospects. That's why your fantasy baseball team is so bad, because you love prospects. You're always building for three years from now, and that's why you're never any good. Okay? But you you love prospects. Like you're That's why you go down and you see all the minor league games. That's why you always know more about the, the minor league players in the pirate system than anybody else that talks about them because you're dead on, on top of it all the time. You're a prospect talent, you know, like right now, you know, if I, I, we haven't even talked about this ahead of time. If I sat there and said, who is somebody down in the minor leagues right now that you love that could come up at some point in 2024 and contribute that you love who Jared Jones. Okay. Pitcher at Indianapolis. That would probably be my my number one or Anthony Solomito if he makes a big jump from from Do either Altoona. one of them have a chance out of spring training to make the No. I, I I don't believe so. And 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 like I said, it's unless unless Ben Sherrington decides to operate differently than he's operated in previous years. Jared Jones didn't need to be added to the 40 man because he's not rule five eligible until next December. And he usually lets the season get started until he would add one of those guys. Now, if there would be injuries or something else would come up, I mean, we've already seen, like, I thought Chris didn't jump on the show last week. He said he was sick. I know he was sick at this I point in time now, but I thought you can it was hear the stuffiness he, still in me. I'm still stuffy as I'm talking. 
you didn't want to talk about, you know, Johan Oviedo getting uh, injured and us only having one pitcher at this point in time on, on the roster that we feel comfortable with. But yeah, I mean, Jared Jones is a guy that, I mean, that's who somebody, that's who people are going to push to make it out of spring training. If one of these other guys doesn't rebound, like a Luis Ortiz, you know, Quinn Priester, Rowanzi Contreras, well, but I kind of see him as a guy that can still contribute. Here's the thing. Like the Pirates right now looking for pitching. Them seeing the Aaron Bummer deal, just to go back to that deal, there's got to be something in them that, uh, that's like, didn't we have anything that we could have given to get a couple of rotation pieces? Because Soroka and Schuster right now in the Pirates rotation, they'd both be on the rotation, wouldn't they? Like both of those guys so. that, the, that, the, that the Braves couldn't keep, right? It, they would, you, would, you would put Soroka in your rotation right now. In fact, I'd probably list him right behind Keller if I was just going off a of potential based upon if he comes back and he's fully healthy. And Schuster would definitely be in my top five starting pitchers. So, like, like those guys being available, I think there's a lot of teams, not just the Pirates, who are probably sitting there after that trade going, man, did we have something better than Aaron Bummer we could have given the Braves to get those guys? Did they really just want to get rid of them and they were going to non-tender them? I mean, it's a sneaky good move. And those are, like, because like, I'm telling you, those two guys, throw them into the rotation right now, they would take two of the jobs. And they were just sitting there for a relief pitcher. And they had three other players thrown in along with them. So I think that's what we're looking for in the offseason now is, like, can Ben Charrington identify those needs on the phone? And does he have something that he can move? Because you got to think that he's got something he can move along. Because what the White Sox are doing, they have players that are at that same level as the, as the, the pitchers you just mentioned that are down in the minor leagues, but they're not going to rely on them next year. They're going to be fighting to try to be like that backup. Right. So what you're describing are guys that if there's injury could come up in the middle of the year, the pirates have that, but they've got to They've got to bolster that rotation. If you really want to contend, you got to bolster that rotation. You got to add a couple of pitchers. And it sounds like that's what Charrington's going to do. If I'm listening to what he's, what he's saying correctly, that he's going to go and do it. It's just, I'm just curious as to what type of pitcher he's actually targeting. And, and you know, and, and that's what you do. If you can just, you can fill in this rotation. And then those players you just mentioned are sitting there behind now you've got depth and you've got a future because you don't want the window to open and close within a couple of years. So I think that's the thing. He needs those guys in the middle that he brings in now, bolsters this rotation, and then you're not sitting around worried about some guy that's in the minor leagues and whether or not he's going to make it up this year. Yeah, and I think from what we've heard from Sherrington, and even I think it was Robert Murray came out, uh, have been towards the end of last week and said that, that the pirates were looking at, I mean, he specifically mentioned like two pitchers that were of like a higher caliber or higher level uh, than they had been looking for in the previous seasons. But we don't know exactly what that means. If that means higher caliber as in player or higher caliber is in money because the market is being set a little bit higher. I, I'm, I'm not really sure and until Ben Charrington actually makes those moves, I mean, that's going to be like the the first, like, I guess, shoe that drops. And a lot of people are going to be talking about it is who is going to be, you know, the Pirates first signing for the rotation because you need at least two uh, at this point in time with Oviedo out. You may need three, but the third one may just need to be you know, the caliber that we had signed previously and like, a, you know, a Vince Velasquez or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, well, yeah, I think that, um, 
I think that if you're if you're I think if you're Ben Sherrington now, it really just kind of becomes it's got to be a long term acquisition. Like, I don't want to see any one one year guys. Right. I, I want to see guys that you're going to bring in that are going to be something that's going to be established on your team. Like somebody that you're like, OK, even if it's somebody that you're trying to get a rebound out of or somebody is coming off of an injury or somebody who's like, even if they're a little bit older, like 31, 32 year old starting pitcher. Right. Whoever you're bringing in, I think needs to be somebody that you that you have a long term hope for. Right. And then in yeah. doing that, you also have to make sure that you're spending the money wisely. So there's a lot of there's a lot of pro scouting that's got to be involved here. And there's got to be a little bit of a leap of faith when you give a guy a multi-year deal to be a pitcher. Like, you really got to believe what you're bringing in is going to be a, a real contributor to your team and going to help your team. You know, there's no guarantees at this point. But I think the idea before of, like, bring in a talented player and be okay with flipping them if it doesn't work out at the end of the year, I think, that, I think that's gone now at this point. I think your team has shown that they're on the cusp of being a, a competitive team and getting the amount of wins you need the, the, to, to make it into the postseason next year is an attainable thing if you bring in pitching and you shore up your team in, in free agency this offseason. And, and I think the trades are coming, too. I mean, I know my, that's the other fear that I have is that I think all general managers across all of baseball fall in love with their draft picks and their acquisitions, right? I mean, we yeah. do it. We do it when we play fantasy sports, right? We make an acquisition, and then we're like, oh, this guy didn't work out, but I don't want to drop him. Because I, I still remember what I gave up for him. And they become attached. And he's got to now be a little bit ruthless, even to himself and his own feelings. If there's the right trade out there, and he's got to deal somebody away that he acquired two years ago that he thought was going to turn into something. Even if he thinks they could turn into something later, he's got to look at the overall value and continue to make moves. So I, this is a big offseason for Ben Sherrington. Okay. Because the trades are clearly out there. You know, coming out of the pandemic and coming out of that shortened season and coming out of the whole thing with the labor strife, you saw trades down across Major League Baseball. To see some early moves here, I think that you're going to, I think you're going to have a very active offseason because not everybody's going to want to go out and just spend money in the market. And, not, and some positions are really thin. And so I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for teams to make moves. It just comes down to whether or not he's able to find the right move and pull the trigger. And he's got to now be thinking more along the lines of long-term, you know, three-year windows for pitchers at least when he's bringing them on because he's got to start building that team to be competitive each and every year. The base is there now, in my opinion. Go win. Start figuring out how to put a team out there that people sit there in preseason and go, yeah, that's a playoff contender right there. That's what they should be. You get to the end of this offseason and nobody's saying that about the Pirates. It's time to get the pitchforks and the torches out. And that's like a hard thing to predict here, Chris, is like the trades and stuff. But I mean, if you would say a organization is set up to make trades, Ben Sherrington, I mean, we're talking about players that were protected. Sung Che Chang, uh, a middle infielder who was in double A last year is another protection, which which adds to the long list of middle infielders that we have, you know, on this roster. Leo Verpaguero, Nick Gonzalez. I mean, obviously, oh, no, Cruz is in there, but you still have, you know, Alika Williams. It, there is uh, a number of places. And we even talked about one of the previous shows that, you know, where is a place where there isn't much on the open market? It's in it's in the middle infield. It's in second basement. It's in shortstops. And the Pirates have a plethora of that. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. They have the pieces. They have the ability to go and do things that they need to do. You watch that deal that the Braves made for a relief pitcher and what they gave up. And and I'm going to tell you right now, there are moves to be made for the Pirates. They have positions of strength. Now let's just see what they end up doing.